0: Yeah,
1: It's too bad I didn't press start a little bit sooner so everybody could have heard your deep sigh from that <laughs> uh, that suggestion I just gave you. <sighs> that was nice. That was like the Thank peak you. of annoyance. I like it. <laughs> Mike, Demetrius, no Rob. He, he's ghosting us. Rob doesn't like us anymore, apparently. I must have kicked him off the podcast
2: once I... Uh,
0: I've once heard that about you. I've heard that yeah, once that. you got successful, Rob got the, the heave ho.
2: Yeah, yeah. So stepping Rob's stones, gone. man. You look at everybody just stepping stones to the road to greatness.
1: That's yeah, right. That's, that's it. Right. Demetrius is next. Yeah, Demetrius. Here. That's <laughs> why you're. That's why you're on the bottom, Demetrius. Hey, man, I'm here.
2: honored if I could play. If I can be Yertle the turtle, I'm honored, man. <laughs>
1: And sometimes you just got to have fun with it. No, I think Rob is uh, Rob is deciding that golf is more important than us again today. He was supposed to be on the show the last two weeks in a row, and once the time pretty nice.
0: They've been pretty nice days, though. Believe me, if I was a golfer, I'd be out too,
1: but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. The moment the moment uh, he gets that phone call to go golf, and he's yeah. Well, Mike Demetrius, who's that? I
0: live for the podcast.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's true. You're basically a podcast whore these days. I am yeah <laughs> Send me
0: anybody who's got a podcast send me an invite i'll jump on
1: <laughs> all right well uh i don't know let's jump in i guess what else do we have to do um yeah should we start with the the slovenian euro tour it seems like it's a fun <laughs> thing to start with wow yeah I, you
0: know it's a euro tour event which nine out of ten only- times would be you know okay it's a euro tour event so and so one but but really with with Pia and Josh taking the two titles, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, yes. you know, um winning a men's and women's tournament. I can't think of that ever having happened before. Um, and certainly not in an instance where, you know, he didn't they didn't get married when Pia was like already a star, right? Josh was already the up-and-coming star, but she has worked herself into winning Euro Tours after her marriage to josh and learning how to play and play him sparring with them and getting that mental you know edge that she needs to play i mean that's pretty cool stuff
1: you mean she worked herself into it after josh's marriage to her right
0: hey however they want to frame it i'm good
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm a i'm a big Pia filler fan i'll tell you the first time i really got to see her play was that she played a challenge match against april larson yeah. And I believe that this was during isolation and they played yeah. a ghost challenge match to 50. And yeah. before that she had had a uh, I think it's still on YouTube. she had played a race to 15 against a 10 ball ghost in Roy's on Roy's basement. And I watched her play and she opened up and, and, and you know ran the first five racks playing 10 ball. Um, and and I was watching her play and I was like, you know, I was immediately a fan of hers. Uh, I, I feel that her and, you know, the, the person that she has a lot in common with, I think, in the way she plays and the way she approaches the game is, uh, Margaret Fefalova. I'm a big, I think those are, uh, they're not the two top females in the world. And necessarily, I mean, you've got the Chinese, you know, some of the Chinese women are just beasts. You know, you've got, you know, Kelly Fisher, you've got some, you know, some really good American, uh, you know, women players, but I really think that, uh, those are, those are two of my favorites, man. I think that Margaret and Pia have both really gone after it as far as like, you know, just trying to play the game as correctly. And, and, and like, you know, they're very aggressive, assertive. They, they are attacking, they make the right, they have a combination of, you know, firepower, good fundamentals, good strategy. Yeah. They just, they're just, I don't, when I watch, here's what I'm saying. It's like, when I watch them play I the the fact that like, I don't even think like, Oh, you know, they're good for the women's division. It's like, no, I just, I think they're both amazing, amazing players that are playing absolutely right. And I just, I watch them play and I'm just like, Blown away, and I'm super excited. So well deserved, Pia. Well deserved. Yeah.
1: Since uh, since Fedor's in the comments, all right, Fedor. Here's a here's a hypothetical: you and Christina versus Josh and Pia race to a hundred. Who wins and what's the score? How much fun would that be to watch? Scotch double. Wow,
0: Better go all in right now. I mean, he 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 posts the money right now, no doubt about it. But I am talking about <laughs> married couples, not talking about boyfriends sure. and girlfriends, right? So uh, as soon as Fedor shows me the mirror I'm done for that, license, you, for that action. Maybe maybe Fedor will me.
1: drop maybe for, <laughs> maybe for that action Fedor will drop to a knee. Who that's, knows?
0: That's right. That's right. Well no. <laughs> Fedder like and an Fedor and Christina against Pia and Josh would be man, that would be damn close to just straight up even, right? Well, I, I, I think I, that I think Christina has
2: Fedor and Christina. She, she has listen, Christina has A little bit more experience, a little bit. I mean, she's played talking about, you know, I I guess I feel like I've left someone out because for sure, Christina is uh, is also just going after. She's playing in all the events Uh, she's played. You know, I just remember watching her play cash games with like Sean Wilkie. And and, you know, she's she I see her at the, uh, you know, Super Billiard Expo playing. I mean, I just I see her bashing up. I see her playing tournaments and, you know, she's she's also Mixing it up, and she's been doing it a little bit longer at a little bit higher level. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah,
0: that, that would be where you would think the edge would be. But man, a, a, every month that goes by, Pia gets better. You know, she's so maybe into a real play. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's a good match. I, Fedor says that they argue too much, so maybe it would depend on if they can, it would depend on if they can give coaching or not. If they if they're allowed to coach, maybe well, Filler maybe, wins. If they can't coach, maybe maybe Fedor has a chance.
0: Well, at the very least we could put an over under on how many games it is before Christina throws her cue down and walks out. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'll, i t- I'll take the under on that. I'll, I, I think yeah. Fedor does it first. <laughs> I, I, I think, well, I'm just saying, you know, maybe they'd argue less if, you know, Fedor played better patterns, you know, Christina just wants, you know. Yeah. But...
0: So he's leaving her <laughs> to tough shots. <laughs> that
1: but. would actually be like, well, I mean, I guess we're, we're kind of branching off here, but uh I mean, Josh and P, I, I, if you go through couples, I mean, if you talk about married couples and then Josh and P are obviously the, the number one and number two, well, the, the number one, I guess, a uh, married couple. I can't think of any, I mean, honorable mention to Ina Coplin and urine Coplin, um, they really play strong Roman Hebler and Yvonne, but, the, uh, Hebler. But I, I think Josh and P are pretty comfortably number one. Can you guys think of any others? I mean, tar- Tyler and Margaret, I guess now, of course. Yeah, I would say
0: ty- Tyler and Margaret are, are probably your second, your second, your number twos for me. Oh, uh, um, I think.
1: Well, yeah, Ina and Yurn is a really, really, really strong player. That he just doesn't play very much, but Yern yeah. Copeland is a very, very good player.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I, think, yeah, I think I don't, Jern- I
0: don't, I don't know, but I just think as far as you know, people who've been out there yeah. uh, on that stage, but you know, I, yeah, I think it would be. It would be fun as hell to watch. I mean, I think you do some. You do it like a Moscow Cup. That you do some singles and some doubles, uh, would be, would be worth watching. Set it up, Nate. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that I like. I'd love to see these matches. So
2: yeah, we should come on. Cue it up, uh, Nate. You can. Why don't you put this together? I mean, you got Fedor watching. You know why? What does it take? I think maybe if you added all of the money, find a tournament
0: money, we're all find a tournament we're off for them are there schedule it for the day after post some money and.
2: That's right. I think Nate, if you give them both like a twenty k appearance fee and then a hundred in the middle, just kind of let them free roll <laughs> at it. I think they'd both be willing.
1: Yeah, why well, don't? Yeah, I'll just add all all thirty seven dollars I made last year and uh, <laughs> I'll throw it in the middle and let them let them fight over. It. <laughs> I guess another honorable mention would go to uh, Sylvia Liu and Aloysius Yap, uh, not married couples, but couples. That would be a, that's a pretty strong. That's a well, Robbie and Amber's
0: card. no Robbie and Amber's no slouch either.
1: Robbie and Amber, absolutely. That's another. That's another really good. The current women's world champion and second place at uh, the Michigan Open. Robbie Capito.
0: She's not world champion. She won the Canada Open. World champion was Chow.
1: Oh, whoops! Never mind. That's what I said. Canadian Open. <laughs> Canadian world fifth. Uh, what's the difference? <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, that was a fun conversation, I guess. Uh, Josh, well, I mean, you work. know, the
0: other side, the other part of that uh, event was, you know, with Moscone Cup points, you know, not not a ton of them because the pay, payout wasn't that great. But you know, here's Mario and Francisco reaching the final four again. I mean, they're both they're both hammering at that that spot on the on the Masconi Cup roster. I mean, they're both. Mario's up there every event, and Francisco was shooting for his fourth Euro Tour title. So um, I love what's going on there. I can't wait for the U.S. Open to see what happens um, with those guys playing because there is some wiggle room there for some really wild stuff to happen. It would take a couple of, you know, Alvin's got to fall off a cliff really quick uh, to kind of open up the door, but it would be fun to see, you know, some action happen there.
1: I think yeah, I think I think that's a a value to talk about later on in the podcast, don't you?
0: Just give me the cue. All
1: right, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Let's let's <laughs> I guess let's talk a little bit more about um the the Slovenian Euro tour, I guess, in a sense that uh yeah, Josh wins over uh Francisco and again, it's I mean it's just Josh of Francisco's winning every single one of these. Uh Ralph Suquet, pretty awesome to see he gets third uh tied with uh, Mario He, so that's I think that's uh, Ralph Suquet at age, what is he, like 50, 51 maybe? Still getting uh, it done? Does that sound right?
0: Uh, yeah, he's got to be right there. Yeah, yeah, Ralph, yeah, he played great. And then I saw the beginning of his match against Josh where he hammered two straight nine balls into the rail in the first two games, and, and his he was gone after that, which was a shame. Nice.
1: 53 years old, yeah. Yeah. Um the ma- the match before that uh where Josh played Neil's fine. I watched that one from start to finish. That was a fantastic That was match, a great
0: bro. match. Yeah, Neil's Neil's another one. I mean, you know, he's no spring chicken. He played great. Yeah, he's uh, 40
1: 45 46 40, 44
0: or? 45 somewhere in there, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh is there some, what do you th- do you think that there's something about the Euro Tour format that allows maybe some of the older guys to still be able to compete, Mike? Demetrius. What do you guys think?
2: I I think that, I think that Ralph plays the type of game. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. What's that? (laughs) Mike just said buckets. (laughs) Buckets. Oh, no, no. I think that Ralph plays the type of game that doesn't deteriorate with age as quickly as somebody who relies strictly on like stroke and striking. So, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that Ralph, you, you watch him play matches and uh you can see how that style could scale well, you know, well into his 60s without dropping too much speed. Um, you know, uh Niels, Niels is one of my favorite players of all time. He's I, what I think I, what I think about Niels is he's never been like number one in the world. And I'm not talking ranked, I'm talking like reputation-wise. Nobody's there's never been a one year where everyone's like, Niels is on top of pool, he's the best, he's the GOAT. He's always been like number three or number four, you know, in the early 2000s, it was like, you know, Alex was at the top or so-and-so was at the top. And then Shane was at the top and then filler or, or Fedor or, or, Shah or you know, somebody he's meals has never been at the top, like where you, he's the first guy, but man, for 20 years, he's always been fourth or fifth. You know what I mean? And he's just steady, steady, steady. So I think that there's different types of competitors. I think there's some that get real hot and have big explosive, you know, runs, I think there's some guys that are really dominant and get to the very top. I think Niels and Ralph are both in that category of people that were maybe never considered the best ever, but they were considered like
0: Ralph that had, were just
2: consistently winning at, at the highest level for 20 years. I think that that's yeah, their. To
0: me, brand- Ralph was to me Ralph was closer to that than Niels. I mean, Ralph was a pretty dominant player for you know the 2000s. Um, you know that 2000 to 2010 he was right there with with anybody for that decade uh neil's you right has never really been uh looked at as a top player in the world but nobody works harder than him no one is you know put more time in at the table than him and and it's great to see him playing great as far as wh- how they can continue to do well on the euro tour euro tours you know it, it's it's really kind of a crapshoot. Given how much talent is in there for one, um, and and just you know, I don't know. I hate bashing the Euro Tour, but it's just so easy to do. <laughs> I mean, they do play on buckets. They do. You know, it's not the most you know lively event in the world when they have Euro Tour events. I mean, there's you talk to European players who absolutely hate Euro Tour events. They just don't get motivated. They just go there. They screw their queue together. They play. They try to win, but there's just no drive to go win Euro Tour events. So, I mean, there's a lot of different factors. It's still, you know, still you win three, four Euro Tours in a, in a year, like Francisco did. Big stuff. I mean, you're obviously playing great, great pool, but never just, just overall, never been a big fan of the Euro Tour. Fair enough. I, I think with Neels, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, Ralph for sure
2: was just top elite, dominant. You know, for ten years, and and even still continues to be competitive. I think Niels has has always been a little bit on not under the radar, obviously, but like he continues to win majors. I mean, he won the World Pool Master a couple of years ago after recovering from an injury. He's not always winning these majors, but he's he's always he's getting himself into contention of a lot of majors. He's making you know he's just he's kind of like. He's he's really he's amazing, man. I think Niels is uh so is if when we're asking like how is it that they can still get to fourth, you know, third fourth or make these deep runs, it's like, well, it is hard. It is hard for them to win. The difference between a third and a fifth versus a first is two heavy pressure matches against the world's absolute best. And and sometimes, you know, like to, for Niels and Ralph to win against, you know, Sanchez and Filler back to back under the finals lights, it's pretty hard. But 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 the fact that they're consistently – I just think that they um, these guys have been very, very, very steadily winning their share of majors throughout their career. And they've never, yeah. like, dominated everything necessarily, but they're always getting their share of the wow. majors. And they're always getting their share of the prize money.
0: Yeah. Ralph's in the Hall of Fame, and Neil's probably will be in the next couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the proof is in the pudding as far as longevity and total number of titles, for sure.
1: And, I, I mean – lots of people don't know this, but like, remember, Niels is actually blind in one eye. He was born blind in one eye. And like the fact that he depth person, se- if you ever like, tr- like Demetrius, have you ever tried closing an eye play and playing pool? Like just one
2: eye? No, obviously- I've tried closing both eyes. I don't know if one eye would be, <laughs> no, seriously. I, no, I'm not joking. Oh, yeah, like, you- but like I one you- eye would be weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean it- <laughs> obviously he was born blind in one eye. So it's like, you know he's used to it but for 45 years it.
0: you're used to it yeah
1: yeah he you know what he i have no anything different but the idea that you know that's not an advantage it's still
2: going to be a disadvantage you're just yeah making the just best more of to hesitation. overcome i have played on one leg with the uh with the caveat of it's the flamingo stance you have to play on one leg with the other leg folded up on your <laughs> knee i'm not joking it's uh if you've never tried the flamingo stance you know for people that anyway you know my my daughter my daughter told me I had to quit impersonating a, a flamingo, but I had to put my foot down.
0: No. Oh, uh, do we close out the podcast <laughs> on that and just like go home or what? That's a total mic drop. All right. Like, yeah.
1: All right. So uh, we kicked off Rob and we kicked off Demetrius. <laughs> God, that's a that's bad a joke. Way. That's a no. That's not, no stop. All right. Okay, we got to move on. <laughs> that's like you okay. know with bird puns. Two can play at that game. Okay, forget it. All right, we'll move on. All right. Uh, so I guess going through uh the quarterfinals, Niels Fine loses to Josh Filler, uh, Mark diesterbosch loses to Ralph, Sanjin Pelovanovich, and then Vojtech Shepchek. So those are your uh your finalists. Yeah, your five to eight. Uh let's move on to I guess the ladies side, because ladies got to get their shine too. And Pia Filler, uh I think this is her first Euro tour that she won. Yeah. Yes. So that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. I mean, it's not going to be her last. I'll guarantee you that. And you know what? She beat Ina Copeland in the final. So uh, Ina Copeland, like I said, uh, her husband is Uren Copeland. The guy plays really, I think as Fargo's in like just shy of 780. I think he's, I think he's in the upper, uh, upper 770s. So the dude can play. He just doesn't play very much. And you know, maybe he'll play four or five or six events a year. That's a pretty strong couple. Definitely an underrated one. I don't know. Any guys have any thoughts on, uh,
2: that? I well, guess the, the finals, right. You know, and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to think about these, you know, married couples. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we're looking at, you know, the top men players, uh, that can, uh, you know, marry or, or couple with, uh, a very competitive female player, I'm thinking about it the other way. So if one of those Chinese women like Saming Chen, you know, I'm not saying I'm, you know, but I'm just saying like, if, anyway, uh, I was thinking of <laughs> the trying, up to, trying maybe to match, 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 match me? Maybe, uh, maybe I could, maybe I could bury into some talent and actually be a good team. So, you know, if you're ever in, if you're ever contender in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, Minnesota.
0: doubles.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also lied. Uh, Urine is only a six uh, seven sixty-three. Oh Still pretty strong. Geez. Damn it. Fake news. Hashtag fake news.
0: There you <laughs> go.
1: Um so third fourth goes to uh oh geez. Uh good luck. Melanie. Melanie Subagloth. And I can do this one. Elul Kabaroglu. I can do that one. I've practiced that name. Uh why? Why? Because she played in she played in my women's VG. Nine of them. So I, I practiced. I made her send me the proper pronunciation I sat <laughs> there and practiced it for like phonetic spelling, yeah. Fifteen minutes, yeah. I, I did too. Um Alulas, she's so nice. She's she's really a sweetie. Um I guess any any thoughts on the women's side? Uh we kind of I mean, I guess we spent a lot more time on the men's side, but most of that was yeah. just talking about uh, the couples and pools.
0: So. W- the women's side in the Euro Tour um Seems to be, you know, really there's 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 different names in the top four virtually every time. It, it's not a, a tour that's dominated by one or two players.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh I mean this year I've seen Ina Copland's name at the top a lot. Um, same with Pia, but at the same time, the Euro Tour women, and maybe it's just because there's less there's less money in women's pool at this point, but y- you just like, Christina Zlatava, for example, is just in Michigan, and right. she's going to be in Puerto Rico. So, I mean, like, the idea that she's going to the U.S., back to Bulgaria, uh, then to Slovenia, then back to Bulgaria, I would have to assume, and then to Puerto Rico, and then back. I mean, that's a lot of travel costs. Um, yeah.
0: Did she play? She played in Slovenia?
1: Yeah. She Yeah, she ended up getting to the quarterfinals. She lost okay. to uh, Mo- uh, Melanie.
2: I have a question. You know, there's a name that I know she's not completely missing. So I'm sorry if I'm revealing my ignorance here, but, but uh, Jasmine Ocean, you know, the last few years, I've seen her pop up here and there, but, you know, as well as she plays, am I, what's, what's going on with Jasmine? Is she not competing as much or is she not on a game or is she?
0: I think it's a lot. I mean, you know, you had two things. You had the, um, uh, you had the pandemic which shut everything down and then you had her on dancing with the stars for about 5 months where she didn't touch a pool cue. I didn't know that totally, it was I, over. Yeah, she was she, got, she finished can, second in his dancing with the stars competition, so she kept going from week to week to week, week to week or every 2 weeks or whatever they would do it. And I think she was 100% invested in that during that time and I think I'm sure the post um you know, finals, you know, for the next month, she was probably still had tons of stuff going on relative to that. So uh, what, when was this Mike? Really, what? she was kind of really checked out this was last year, right? Wasn't it 21? Uh yeah, like the was... second half of 21, something like that. I'd never heard of
2: this. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. she she does a lot she does a lot in uh, Austria as well with um uh their national team so she actually has like in Austria, my understanding is they actually have scheduled practice weeks. So like for two weeks, they have to go to a facility and they have to practice same with Albin. Um, they have to be there as part of the the national team. So like for those two weeks, I mean, it doesn't really matter. What's on your schedule. You have to be there as part of the national team is my understanding. Yeah. Now, now, now there be. might be a little bit more flexibility in there than I, than I would know, but they have to do stuff like that that um and but she's been playing a lot of the WPBA events. I th- I think it's just I think a lot of it's just like what what do you want to go to a Euro tour? Like what what is the benefit for her to go to a Euro tour? If she snaps well, that's off, why, you know, of that's why a, a lot row, of these top
0: players like, don't even bother. Men and women. Yeah,
1: if she snaps off 20 of them in a row, does that add to her legacy? Probably, but in like the most minute of ways. Um, you know, if she wins one, it's like maybe three thousand euros. You're going to be investing. Well, was, but, 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 I mean, there euros, was sir.
0: there was a period of time where I mean she's she's been playing for a while. There was a period of time she was dominant, dominant sure. Euro Tour women's player, you know, for for years. So um, this is just I think that part of her career where she's like, I don't need to beat my brains against the wall for a thousand dollar first prize with you know sixty four women anymore. I'll pick my spots and do what I want to do. Alvin's the same way. You don't see Alvin playing in all these Euro Tour events.
1: Very, um, very, very, very few. Yeah, if he, any. I, and I don't he's, he's, he's played any
0: for a long time. He said publicly he hates them, absolutely hates them. It's like a chore to go to him. He doesn't get, you know, interested. He doesn't, you know, I'm sure he tries hard, but he's just not into it at all. So, you know, I think some of these players get to that point. And the Euro tours, you know, they don't need it anymore. And if they don't need it, they're not going because it's just. Well, I know that that's why
2: for me, that's kind of why I don't play the Euro tour. I mean, if I, I could win a few of them, <laughs> but then it's like, you know, I have to travel. I have to get up in the morning and I'm like, I don't know.
0: No, no, no. But
2: But seriously, I do think that, uh, I do think that Jasmine and Elvin, uh, when we're talking about couples uh, playing pool, I, I think that we overlooked them. And anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh. I think that would be a powerhouse couple as well, but yeah, I just was wondering. So, thanks for the update on Jasmine. Uh, shout out to Jasmine Ocean. Okay, good.
0: Clearly, be the toughest. Jasmine and starter.
2: Alvin would be a, a well. A power I mean, it's a brother oh, wait, and wait, wait. I'm sorry, I mean... they're brother sister. <laughs> I, I got, I got, they're brother sister. I'm sorry, what am I talking about? I'm sorry, guys. I was for some reason I was thinking of them as a couple just because they have the same last name. I'm, I'm confused. I'm, <laughs> I was confused there for well, a second. They're too. probably the best
0: brother and sister team. That's for sure.
2: Well, maybe if we maybe, never mind, I was
1: I was gonna say, yeah, just probably bite that one. I'll just bite that <laughs> yeah. one off. Yeah,
0: we'll just. It rewind. was good, it though. Was, it was gonna be a just good rewind one. to twenty three oh six minute eight and start again. We were about to yeah, go right. viral. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is that uh, are we good on the Euro Tour? I think I don't think anyone's oh, gonna yeah, argue more time than the, we the should ever tour. spend on the Euro Tour. Yeah, I agree. All right. um, I am going to do some self-promotion now. I don't normally do this, uh, but I'm going to. So eat it. Uh, We are going to go to the Moscone Cup. We have a big group of people. We have 30 people in our group. Uh, The tickets are already sold out, so you don't get any of those. But we put together some pretty sweet clothing that we are going to be wearing in the stands at the Moscone Cup. And we are going to open them up in case anybody else wants any of them. So I'm going to show the clothing that we have designed. I know it's awesome. If you would like to go, if you're going to the Moscone Cup and you want to get yourself one of these just to stand out in the crowd, or if you just want it because you think they look cool, you don't have to be going to the Moscone Cup to be able to see them. And there are some people in here that are in our group. So Ryan Harmsman, Lil' Chris right there. uh, They are both in our group. Here is the Jersey that we have created up. as you can see, we have to queue it up on front. We got the Euro and the or the, the European EU flag and the US flag kind of draped around the back. It's pretty sharp looking. Uh, here is the jacket that we have created. So this is going to be kind of the same theme, but it's going to be long sleeve. And then here is the t-shirt. So we are going to have all of these available. Uh, all you have to do is fill out this sweet. Form that I did not have readily available because
0: I'm not prepared, but- it's All right, should... we'll give you all the time you need, Nate.
1: That's great. Thanks, man. Uh, here is the link to order these. All you have to do, is the Google form. So all you gotta do is go through and uh, fill out this Google form and you can order them. From there, I will send you an invoice on them and you can get yourself a oh, sweet
0: you jersey. The... You and, put the Google form up on the uh, chat. Well, why not? Yeah, no, perfect.
2: Yeah. Now, are you, on the back where it says your name, could they actually have it customized to say their name? Or is it? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. No. So, you could close. You could even put Demi-
0: One of those. They, they're giving out those little stickers that say, hello, my name is. And you put perfect. your name on that and slap it on the back of your shirt.
1: Exactly, yeah. So, obviously, these are going to be uh, customizable. I probably should have said that. So, thank you, Demetrius, where it says your name time? on the front.
0: How much lead time to have it customizable, customized, and still get to you in time for the Moscone Cup?
1: Uh no problem at all. So what the way we're doing it right now is we're doing a <laughs> we're doing a two-week pre-order. From there, they will come to me. And then if you want them to be delivered to you in Vegas, just let me know. Uh there's a place on the form that'll you'll be able to put that in there. If wow. you want me to ship it, there'll be a spot for you to put your address in. And no problem at all, I will ship them out. But you will have them probably two weeks before the Moscone Cup. So even if you're heading out there to Vegas a little bit early, like I am, because I'm going to be doing some uh, content with uh, Florian Kohler, which is pretty fun. Wow. You guys gonna going to have some of that. uh that, coolest
0: guy in school?
1: That's some of that cool stuff to look forward to, some uh, Florian Kohler. Are
2: slash, you, uh, you going go to be the one there. laying on the table that he's going to mass around you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be wearing a skirt I, with a big skirt <laughs> up the way.
2: Yeah, it's a big old high heels. Yeah, you, you
0: know how it works. So. Uh, if, if you, Flo- those- you and Florian would then probably be a power couple in pool.
2: Yeah, I've, se- I've seen what happens after you're out of the tournament. <laughs> Easy. All right. I all just right. get hammered.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. All right. Uh, so if you like any of those, uh, check out that Google form. You can fill it out. And I'll, well, yeah, I'll promote the other thing that I got going on. Um, I am leaving tomorrow for the Sandcastle Open. So Ed Ladawi's usually always in the chat room. I haven't seen him yet today, so he must actually be doing his job for a change. Good for you, Ed. Uh, I will be flying out tomorrow morning. Um, so if you're going to be in the New York region, or the I guess the Newark region, uh, and want to meet up, head over to Sandcastle Billiards. I'll be there all weekend. And because of, I'm going to be going there, I have a a raffle, I guess, for a Predator queue that I'm trying to finish up today or tomorrow ideally uh so i will throw that up here as well if you would like to get into this little raffle so that i don't have to finish this on the road here is what the queue looks like you can check out all of the stuff on the podcast page on how to enter into this and you can win yourself a limited edition p3 pretty sweet stuff
0: uh
1: all of the ways to do that are on the podcast page or on my personal page uh yeah, trying to fill it today. If not, whatever. All right, so let's actually get back into pool uh, because why not? Let's talk yeah, about the river. Cool. That's
0: a great idea with the jerseys. And now now what you have to do is you have to get all the people wearing jerseys together and all the people who buy a jersey and herd them into one room before the Masconi Cup starts and put together some cheers other than USA, USA, USA. I'm counting on you to bring some energy and excitement to the Team USA fans this year, Nate. You are the MC for the Team USA fans. No
1: nah, 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 nah. Mike <laughs> Pinozo, Mike Pinozo. Yeah, see, you got to work. You got to work on those with the right <laughs>
0: names, right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't quite work, right? Yeah, we'll just do extension over and over again, right?
0: Yeah, no, no. You, you got to come up with something. Uh, what? what my,
1: I'm Watch the least creative. Dude, I am literally the most like the least creative person that you're ever going to find in the entire history of what forever. do you think
0: the european fans came up with all that stuff by themselves they cheat they they steal them from the soccer matches
1: mm. Mm. i'm They're not even creative team. enough to steal something what are you talking about
0: <laughs> yeah we're, we're counting on you start coming up uh, with some stuff
1: we'll have to try to get hammered i don't know we'll have to try to get hammered and do something about it we'll see what happens all right let's move on uh river city open i guess uh Fedor's probably gone by now, but Fedor is your 10-ball winner again. He just never loses anything that he ever does. So, what a guy! What a player! Uh, he apparently beats Josh Roberts in the finals, eight to eight. So, there you go. It's good. It's good to see Josh, Fedor finally Josh finally, must have finally been getting the handicap a couple of games or what? Yeah, it's good to see Fedor's finally getting the games he needs to uh, to win a tournament. Uh, okay. Must have been getting a game or two on the wire. Good yep. for him.
0: Yeah. So, so, so uh, were they really playing on 8 foot tables? That's what I heard. I didn't know that there were any 8 foot tables in commercial establishments.
2: Uh where where was this? I'm sorry, I didn't know where what city? Uh
1: it's Q um
2: Well, give me a
1: second. I don't have it off the top of my head. It was like a Q something.
0: How about a state? It was that a ball? Cue
1: ball billiards in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: Florida. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, eight foot's an odd size. Um, I, I, I think it's always
0: considered it a straight up home table, and that's it.
2: Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen a, a couple pool rooms that have eight foot tables, but usually they're they're pool rooms that got tables in the '80s and '90s, and just haven't wanted to upgrade them. And so a lot of pool rooms will have like a few eight tables for like the, the players. And then they'll have some recreational area for the, you know, for the, the league and recreational players and uh, yeah, eight foot tables, you know, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I mean, diamond, diamond makes eight foot tables. And yeah.
0: Yeah. I and mean, I know everybody makes them and apparently they're the, they're the hot thing in Michigan. So um, seven, eight, know.
1: nine and 10 footers.
0: There you go.
1: They chose eight. What can you do? <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, if they want to add uh, those ten thousand dollars added to this event, if you want to,
0: yeah, uh, you wanna make up. a
1: ten thousand dollar added event. I'm sure that a lot of players will show up here for playing on two foot tables. Yeah, Fedor yeah. can play
2: hopscotch; he'd get it done. Yeah,
1: he could play flamingo style and still get it done. Right? There That's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Fedor wins. Uh, Josh Roberts. I mean, coming into form. I mean. Josh Roberts makes a push at the, you know, going into the U.S. Open. I don't Josh, see a reason. Josh
0: Roberts playing Sandcastle.
1: Last I heard, he was trying to get in. He he never signed up for it, and he was Earl spot to get opened up. There you go. Did it? We don't know that it did. We just assume it will. I, mean, I, I do
0: know think. that he's not playing Sandcastle.
1: Okay, you do know that he's not playing. Okay. Um,
2: I'm telling you what, uh, Josh Roberts. He was my
0: pick so, a long time so- ago.
2: Earl made a pre-tournament forfeit? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, sorry. It's like the forfeits are getting, you know, they're getting earlier and earlier. No.
1: We we will talk about the Earl situation. Okay. Uh, So leave your jokes for then. All right. uh, Come up with them then. They're good. Okay. Uh, So John Salim, uh, third place. Uh, Fourth place goes to, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, uh, fourth place goes to uh, – or third place goes to Jeremy Jones. What is... – oh, I'm looking at the banks now. Okay, I'm confusing myself. Here we go. Let's go back to the ton ball. Whoopsies. Uh, Fedor Gorse gets first place over Josh Roberts. Uh, Jason Sheerman gets third. Jean Celine gets fourth. Uh, Shane Van Boning and Anthony Meglino get uh, fifth, sixth. Mm. Some uh, – mm, I guess there's Justin Halls in there um, way down towards the bottom. So it wasn't a super top field, but there's some pretty good players. Raymo, uh, Raymond Linares is in there as well. A Potential outside chance at uh, uh, Moscone Cup bid, Jeremy Jones. You know, I don't know. We can talk about it quickly, I guess. Uh, any surprise? Fedor wins again.
2: No, um, I. Uh, he's, he's on a tear. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is Jean Salim. I haven't seen his name as often as you'd think I'd see it uh as well as he plays is what's he been up to you know i mean he pops up now and then I, i'll tell you how i met him is i played him in a tournament and i got run over and uh i mean i i guess i played okay or something because I, I lost like you know eight six or something like that and afterwards everybody came up and told me how well i played and congratulated me and i was like they congratulated me for getting the six. And I was like, I, I I was totally perplexed. And then later I kind of understood, like, oh, they think he's some great player. And I, I held myself well, I guess. But like I just I just never been congratulated for losing before. So that's how I got to know Jean Salim is my point. And then he's gone on and he beat uh, Vilmos Foldesh in a big money match to seventy five. And he was playing with Danny Smith at Derby and he was kinda of like up and coming. And then I haven't seen him for like three, four years hardly. What's he been up to? Anybody know?
0: Not really. Oh, he played in, uh, then, but not, not, he played yeah. in my VG10
2: 2.0 event. That's right. He's he gets them good, man. Holy smokes. It just I guess. Okay. But anyway, no, Fador. Uh great. <laughs> what, what else is there to say? He did it again. Brittany yep. Spears style.
1: <laughs> there was also uh there was also a nine-ball or a nine ball banks event. Uh Josh Roberts beats John Selim's, John Sleem in the finals. Uh, Jeremy Jones gets third place in that. That's pretty cool to see. Jeremy Jones beats Fedor Gorsa. Of course, it's a race to three, so it's not exactly a crapshoot, but it's not exactly a long race even for um, even for nine ball banks. Uh, Fedor, or, uh, Shane Van Boning, and Justin Hall get fifth, sixth. Bit of a surprise, maybe seeing Shane finish so low in both of these, uh, given the fields. But you know, maybe he's still coming back and a little jet lag from his time at uh, the Philippines, but I honestly, I I was expecting him to come back and just be in top form. Yeah. Any surprise there?
0: I I think it's, I think it's desire as much as anything. I mean, you know, how, how much was he geared up every morning for, you know, do you think he was practicing in Jacksonville, Florida, you know, as hard as he was as hard as he does, you know, at a U S open or an international or something like that. So I mean, no excuses, but just curious. Yeah,
2: awesome. and it's it's really it's really easy to drop a magic pool. I mean, uh, you know, like of course the the desire is there too, but also I mean we don't know who Shane lost to. He could have lost to Fedor, and then and then the thing about it is half the time when Shane plays somebody that's not his level, they might get nervous and dog a bunch of shots to him and kind of give him an easy match. But the other half the time. People just like, I know that I have to play perfect against this guy, and they do. And so, you know, when you get guys like Roberts and Baglino and Salim playing banks or something, it's like, yeah, no, he doesn't have to win every set against those guys, not when they're fighting for their life and playing their best. And these guys, because those guys are all not just playing, but they're all deep in the tournament, which means there might be three other guys like Josh Roberts that didn't make a deep run. Like, for example, I'm not saying they were even in the tournament, but like maybe Billy Thorpe was having a bad day, but meanwhile, Josh Roberts and John Salim are playing their best. So you're playing these guys at their best where they're feeling good. They're used to the table. It's uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, and it's a weird game, you know, banks. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He lost to Fedor on the B side and he lost to John Salim on the A side. So, yeah. Okay, well, uh, any closing thoughts on the River City Open? I'm good. Okay, so let's move on to, uh, I guess, the the post that Earl Strickland made, where I guess I can quote it verbatim, because uh, why wouldn't I do that? But essentially, the idea is Earl Strickland has COVID. And while that's not something that, it's joke worthy because it can be a very serious thing. It really adds a wrinkle into, I guess, for my money, I, I don't see how he was ever going to be on the um, on the Moscow Ending cup team anyway, especially after the Turning Stone incident. But there's still a lot of people that had him pretty comfortably in. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think?
0: Well, someone just posted that he got. He decided to get COVID early this year, so he didn't couldn't get chased out of the Moscone Cup like he did last year. <laughs> Which you know, you, you don't want you don't wish him ill for him, but uh, uh no. but yeah, he's good for the next ninety days then for sure. I uh, guess
1: here's but, this here's his actual post. Uh, been feeling terrible. Went to urgent care, and I have COVID for about a week now. So on the mend. So of course we we wish Earl a speedy recovery. Yeah. We would like
0: to be able to see you still at uh, the U.S. Open, because- possible. Good side of it is, if he's had COVID for a week and he's got a week before the U.S. Open starts, you know, there's a pretty good chance to test negative by by this coming weekend. Um, you know, if he's if he's improving on a day to day basis, um, you know, and if if that's the case, then he can still play in the U.S. Open because I, I really do think he's got to uh, play the U.S. Open to have any shot at Moscone consideration. He's got to show what kind of form he's in against a big field. Um, so, and I hope he does. I mean, I, I hope, you know, I hope, I hope he plays for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I, and I, I of course wish Earl a a healthy, speedy recovery. I just, I just maybe I'm too optimistic, but I just feel, you know, I I hope he just walks it off and bounces right back and comes on strong. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I got distracted by a comment. I, I I don't think I'll I'll even respond to. it. It's okay.
1: Just, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean I wish Earl the speedy recovery. I mean obviously we want to see him at the. We want to see him in every event possibly, right? We yeah. don't we don't want to see him have to miss any events. Uh, but I mean even if he plays in the U.S. Open, I I still don't. I just personally I just don't see. We're going to talk a little bit. Or I guess we're going to talk in a few. Maybe we can transition this right into talking about the Moscone Cup now because of course the the next week is gonna be really our I guess our, our second and third player will be decided by the end of next week so yeah right um, I just don't see how Earl Strickland makes team us I mean unless he qualifies um, well you know, so, you
0: know you're looking hey, at at, at worst at worst you're looking at a fifth spot that's completely wide open so sure. you know so nothing in that spot would surprise me. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who've who've worked hard this year to try to get that spot. They'd all be first timers. They'd all be yep. rookies. Not at the top of you know anyone's playing list, right? Earl is not. So you know, there's just there's you could understand what's going through Jeremy's mind in terms of trying to drill down to what you might do with that fifth spot. And that's assuming that he goes that, that Oscar and Billy. Get selected one way or the other. You know, Oscar's getting ready for Moscone Cup. He's got the US Open coming up. He got drilled by John Mora. So um, you know, you want to have people playing well and and people with some experience and people who can withstand the heat. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, I think Earl's always gonna be in the picture. Did you
1: did you just say that Earl can withstand the heat?
0: Uh the pressure of hitting a ball in a match, yeah. Yeah, the pressure. Of, Everything that surrounds know, <laughs> Yeah, the 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 peripheral, you know, the 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 ambient noise. Yeah, maybe not so much. But if you're looking at you know making a shot under Moscone Cup pressure, I take him over Shane Wilford tomorrow yeah. on a key shot in a match, probably. Right. So um, so as long as that's out there, it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: I, I just don't I, I just don't see how if you can't handle the crowd at turning stone how are you going to handle the crowd at the moscone cup and but maybe, maybe is, with all the oh, extra noises maybe with all the extra noises maybe that's it becomes that much more easy to make everything ambient mm-hmm. you know somebody <laughs> somebody sneezes at the uh, you know turning stone and everybody in the room's going to hear it you know somebody screams extension <laughs> in the middle of the crowd at moscone cup and nobody even that's an eye. Right. So, I mean, maybe, maybe the, the craziness of the the crowd makes it that much more easy for Earl to make it an ambience type of thing. But I, yeah, I just don't see how, if you can't handle it. With well, the I mean, you know,
0: crowd. you would assume that they would have crowd control for Earl matches, <laughs> you know, yeah. have a couple people behind them in front of the front row that's sitting there. keep everybody Do you beginning. even believe that? Do I believe it? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't th- if he gets picked I don't think Matchroom wants to see a, a live TV show go off the rails. So would they would they be smart to do something to protect I mean there was talk last year where I think Jeremy was considering talking to Emily about being able to sit chairside near Earl to keep him on the rails. You know what I'm saying? So um you know I think that that if he were picked I do think Matchroom would be smart to make sure that things didn't get out of control. Well, I think that the they've seen what happens happens when it does in previous years, the last time being, I think, 13, which was just an awful experiment. Um, And so, um, you know, you'd have to give that some thought. I I think that you're
2: right. I think that uh, there's a comment I kind of agree with is Moscone is a circus and Earl fits the clown role they want. End of story. I mean, ultimately, Matchroom wants ratings uh last, you know that's they always try to find a way last year's US Open it was all about Judd Trump trying to bring in the snooker fans they're going to they try to do worry about movie. Judd
0: Trump embarrassing them what's that yeah no they no fair enough worry about uh, Judd uh, Trump embarrassing them so, so they wouldn't so have my, to worry about an embarrassing live tv show right so under, understand worry about that my so, point is is
2: that they want a mix they want you know they yeah. don't want an earl that's going to start like destroying the event but if they had an earl show up that played with the same stoicism as a Jeremy Soce, uh, then they'd be like, oh, come on, man. We want, you know, they're, they're, it's like they want the right hot cold. They want the right, you know, so like you're we saying. All you know,
0: that. Mm. We all want that. We all would love to see that out of Earl. We'd love to see Earl go in there, show some fire, you know, get into a little bit, hold his nerve, make big shots, whatever. We all would want that. And Mantra would want that. But is there a better chance with Earl than most other players that that could go sideways? 100%.
2: And my point is, is that it just depends on what, how we're making the decisions, because if we're making them for ratings, Earl becomes a stronger Moscone Cup candidate than if we're making them for, you know, it depends. And of course, you know, then just play alone, Uh, play alone. The fact is, is that I don't really measure players by um, what they might do. I want it's almost like, um, would you rather have an employee that you could count on to show up and do their best and do a very good job? Or would you rather have an employee that when he shows up, is amazing, but half the time he's drunk and doesn't show? It's like, which employee would you rather have? And for me, I don't know, maybe i am I'm I'm, I'm got some old-fashioned thing, but I'd, I'd rather have a guy that shows up and gets his best, and you can count on him to, to do the best he can on every, every day. And I just feel like with Earl, um, I, as a captain, would not want somebody on my team that I couldn't rely on to manage themselves, and that's it. But then, but then we're not. That's why. But then I see that I'm, my selection would not be my selection would be based on who I want to give opportunities to and who I think is going to show up and do their best, uh, not on ratings. And so that's why yeah. I'm not the last Cup captain. So,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, every captain's going to have a different angle at it, and and Jeremy, I'm sure, thinks that you know, with his history and experience and his history with Earl, that he could control him. I think that's part of what plays in Jeremy's mind is that I think I can keep Earl focused and, and dial ahead. Can he? We'd wait, I'd have to wait and see. But I think all of that's all I'm saying is that I think all of that is keeping Earl in the picture when a lot of us think it shouldn't even be consideration. Nate.
1: I'm just agreeing that I don't think it should be a consider. Let, let's put it this way. Um obviously we know that Earl in the uh, <laughs> 2001 may have reached the highest high of any pool player to ever touch a pool cue. We're not questioning that, but that was 21 years ago. Do you think right now that Earl, with all of that experience, gives you a better outcome potential than somebody like Josh Roberts? Do we think that Josh Roberts will wilt under the, the Moscone Cup pressure? I I don't. I think Josh. I think Josh is made for that.
0: I think everybody wilts under the Moscone Cup pressure the first time they're out there. Everybody. Tyler
1: didn't. Tyler didn't.
0: Well, that's a good point. I mean, he he did, but I think you know for the most part, guys go out there, they're shaken. You talk to some of the best players who've ever played. Yeah, Clayton Yeah, and they yeah. talk. They talk about you know just I'm not, not I'm even not able to feel their that. arm.
1: I'm not. I'm not questioning any of that. What I'm saying is, what part of Josh Roberts? career or his or his personality or or his persona makes you think that he is going to wilt under that because I I think if there's a player who's built for it, it might be Josh Roberts. Listen, I I think I like
0: like Josh Roberts as a player, you know, as as a possibility in his team. I like guys who've won tournaments. I yeah
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I obviously I can't argue with that, but every time you barely—that's playing play under play. pressure.
0: That's playing sure. under pressure. Uh, I, so, I will.
1: Yeah. I will say this: uh, Josh Roberts barely ever plays anything, and when he does, he's—he's. He's, I always see his name towards the top. And I and 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 again, I'm not saying that Josh Roberts is a world class player. Like, don't don't take my words out of context. What I'm saying is, we're we're choosing between some pretty bad options once we get to this number five, right? Yeah. Not not bad options in general, but I mean, when you look at Europe, their number five versus our number five, we're looking at some pretty bad options. If well, I'm what, going to take yeah. anybody, I would rather take somebody who I think is going to hold it together and not be a detriment to the team potentially. Or, you know, I think Ryan Ryan Harmson. He kind of maybe said it as a joke, maybe he didn't. But I could easily envision envision a situation where Earl Strickland literally gives up in the middle of a match and just says, "I'm done playing."
2: Mm, what What's the problem is with pressure? that, you know, when people are under pressure, they go into fight or flight mode. And so what happens is different players under pressure react. They, everybody breaks down under pressure, but different players break down in different ways. So me, you know, my, I could go into flight mode. I could get, my confidence can rattle. I could start, you know, kind of like losing confidence in my game. I can tighten up too much, but other players, they, they get, they get aggressive or they get too wild or they get too loose and they go into like fight mode. And it it is a different way of reacting negatively to pressure, but it's still, the outcomes can be just as disastrous. Uh, When I, when I play Josh Roberts, he reminds me of Tony Chohan as two guys I've played, I've played Josh and my feel with both Josh, I played Josh and Tony, and both of those guys refuse to tighten up. They refuse to get like, you know, too adrenaline up. It's like they just are always trying to be relaxed and calm and laid back. And so when they're underperforming, it just looks like they're too careless and not serious enough, or they're just not playing that well. But when players like Earl deal with pressure, he can go into fight mode, and sometimes that could be explosive, elite, perfect pool, and other times it could be I'm down 2-0 and I don't like I don't like the crowd, so I'm leaving. And so it's just it's funny, man. Pressure affects everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, I, I guess let's let's go through all the the players that it theoretically could. <sighs> Reasonably, theoretically, could be. Uh, we're looking at Chris Reinhold, Tyler Steyer, uh, Shane Wolford, um, Nick DeLeon, Greg Hogue, um, Jeremy Sosi. We're assuming that Oscar and Billy and Sky are in, right? We're starting from there. I so mean, then it's,
0: it's you know, I'm not sure why we're assuming that, but we kind of all are. Sure,
1: I, I think I think <laughs> you kind of have to at this point, but maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, so then it comes down to uh, Earl, Josh, and Tony, and maybe outside chip um the i i just don't see those those robotic type of players and i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of pick on justin martin here um i really like justin martin as a player and as a prospect i think he's gonna be a really really top player uh you know he's got everything going for him and he's disciplined and he's class you know he's clean he's classy he always does the right thing but when you're that robotic and you already have a little bit of a difficulty with the shot clock. And you throw on that Moscone pressure. I just don't see how that translates well to a Moscone Cup stage. I'd love to be proven wrong someday, um, but he really struggles with the shot clock already, and just being that robotic with that crowd, it's it's going to be really tough. Um, Chris hasn't been playing, so it's hard to it's hard to want to give him a chance. Jeremy Solsky, I mean, I, I don't know. I just it just seems like the guy. Every time he plays, you know, he he does well, but then he just doesn't play, and he takes himself out of contention because he just doesn't play events. I mean, yeah. I don't see Chip being in there because he doesn't play in anything. Um, Tony doesn't really try to play anything unless there's a one pocket event at it as well. But I, I don't know.
2: Anthony Baglino. I mean, listen, is Anthony Baglino good enough to hold up under the Moscone Cup pressure and win multiple sets against Euro champions? It's tough, but it's tough for any U.S. player. So if we're going to be going, if we're going to be talking about Chip, and if we're going to be talking about Brandon Schuff, I mean, the fact is Anthony Baglino is out playing a lot of events and uh and he's playing exceptionally well. His Fargo has been climbing and climbing. It was in the seven forties, seven fifties now. What's it almost seven seventy? I mean, he's he's playing exceptionally well and he's and he's I don't know. So anyway, it's like if we're gonna be throwing out names, I just I thought I'd throw that out. Sure. Yeah, I mean
1: I was just trying to like brainstorm everybody who could reasonably be considered for a fifth spot. So absolutely. I mean, throw anybody else in there that you think. Let's throw Johnny we're- in there. Why not?
0: The one thing that that that
1: okay maybe um, not Johnny,
0: <laughs> yeah probably not. Johnny and Oscar on the same team that'd go well, um, or at least but at least we know, know that that Oscar would get paid right. Oh, <laughs> so do we just just putting it, <laughs> but um, you know I I don't know the one thing that change that Jeremy has going for him is that if Oscar's on the team and he picks Billy and Shane, and Sky, all four have played Moscone Cups before. So he could take a flyer with someone who hasn't played before. What he doesn't want is two first-timers, right? I mean, that that would be um, really pushing your luck. I mean, we talk about a lot of guys, this guy's perfect. It's built for him. He's perfect under pressure. You don't know until you get in there. So um, I do think that, that, if, that if Oscar does sew up that points, that third point spot or second point spot, in um at the u.s open then i think he it gives jeremy a little more flexibility
1: yeah how how crazy would it be if we end up uh if it works out to where well we don't know until until the end of the. i mean let, let's let's go into i guess the uh the actual world rankings because I, I i mean i guess that's where this is all going to start at to begin with um on the usa side uh you know not much has changed. Uh, Oscar got or, um Nick got a little bit of a bump because he went to the all the events overseas. Right. Um but let's see here. Uh so Sky Woodward is currently sitting at second still with 6250. Uh <laughs> Shane I know. Shane Wolford is sitting at third with 5505. Nick DeLeon is in fourth with 5170. Greg Holt. So whoever
0: is, whoever does better at the US Open is is
2: and even yeah, and even if they're not yeah. on the list. Like if I had the run of my life and Final Eight to US Open, I'd end up in the Mosconi Cup and I'd be like,
0: holy year. <laughs> that
2: would
0: be yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's funny.
1: It's not I mean, it's not completely unrealistic, right? I mean well, yeah. maybe getting top
2: eight is unrealistic, but you know, you you might have a, a good you might. I'm just saying. Be my, point to is, my point is, my point is, is that it's my point is I was agreeing with Mike is that everybody's still alive when the prize list oh looks God, like that. Just,
0: yeah, when, when you're in third place, it's six thousand dollars. Just get yourself to the you know final sixteen, and you're like right in the right in the thick of things. So, you know, um, is it that easy?
1: Maybe I'll play. Maybe I'll jump in. Is it that well, easy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but what's kidding. not easy is for you know, given history and the current state of affairs in the U.S., is American players making the top sixteen? That's not easy.
2: If I do, if I do run deep at the U.S. Open and back into the Moscone Cup team, I'm going to make history. I'm going to get up there, lay the ball, and then when I'm up there to break and the cameras staring at me, I'm just going to piss my pants. That's I'm just that would be great. <laughs> Talk about ratings. <laughs> 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 Yeah,
1: you aren't you know, cool unless you pee your pants. That's right. Yeah, that's I mean right. the US
0: Open is gonna be for, for American pool fans, it's gonna be a great sweat, right? Because it is just like wide, wide open. I mean, I'm trying to think of where where you know six thousand, what's what's the difference between sky at six thousand and sky is would be the third point sky, right? Because Oscar's ahead yeah. of sky, right? Yeah, so, so let's Greg say Holden. sky is at six thousand. Who's at four thousand? How many people between Sky and four thousand?
1: Well, there's Nick DeLeon at well five thousand one hundred, but then there's Greg Hogue, uh, there's Billy Thorpe at forty three hundred. There is Danny Olson at thirty. So basically, you're
0: saying any of those guys finishes seventeen to thirty two and gets twenty five hundred bucks, depending on where everybody else goes, they're in the picture. So really. You know, if you're an American player and you finish 17 to 32, if you're in if you're above $4,000 at this point, you're in the conversation. That's wild. Well,
1: t- Tyler Byers, <laughs> I mean, how,
0: how many Americans do you think are going to make if you had to put the over under on Americans making the final 32, what would it be? And if you had to put the over under at Americans making the final 16, what would it be?
1: Well, if I'm if I'm trying to get half on each side, I'm taking one and a half for the top for the top for the final sixteen. I'm taking one and a half for the so final 32. maybe two players.
0: And assuming one of them Shane. so one player maybe makes the final sixteen. Maybe three players make the final thirty-two. I think
1: that's high. I'd say two, two.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if, if you
1: if you set the over under at two and a half, so I'd if say, you're
0: if you're if you're one of those guys, if you're the one guy oh. who makes that thirty-two. You could be in,
1: yeah, Demetrius. If you had played every event, do you real like if you had played every event like some of these other players? Do you realize that you would probably be like the person we were talking about as to getting into this?
2: Yeah, I'd be. Well, you know that's. Um,
0: You'd be having to pay him to be on the podcast.
2: Moments like that make me mourn and for uh, U.S. Pool <laughs> that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> but yes.
1: Are you on this list? Of, have you played any events, Demetrius? Are you on this list at all?
2: I don't I haven't so I've played uh three this so year. you I've are played, I don't you know, are. am I? You're two hundred and twenty-fourth, you're at four hundred dollars. Yeah, that puts what did I, play. I played well, I don't know which you events finished, count. Like, you I finished five five I played, eight,
0: you're right in there. You finished I played five five Derby and right
2: I played up a couple there. turning stones. I've been busy, man. I've been working a lot. Next year I am gonna play more events next year. Um uh, I just got over and th- anyway, yeah. I uh good stuff
1: congratulations you are uh you're about four thousand dollars if you'd if you'd if you played one event in this if you'd ten times that you'd be sitting in third place hey man
2: yeah it's uh i'll
1: tell you what
0: all you got to do is finish five through eight you're in
2: yeah it's it's not i'll tell you what though to be fair these players those numbers are pretty low but to win five thousand dollars playing pool i mean that that's like a lot of great playing. I mean, you could you could go get nine rounds in on the nine ball at Derby and make a final five, fifth, sixth at Turning Stone, and then you could go to like some uh, you know you could go to some some other event and, and 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 get all the way down to the final four and maybe end up in fourth place. And at the end of it, all you got eighteen hundred dollars in prize money. And everyone's like, "Man, you're you're not doing that." Much. I was like, "Yeah, well, you know what? You have to win a lot. Of, you know, and for people that are winning tournaments like Fedor, it adds up to six figures real quick. But if you're fighting and know. taking..." Third places and seventh places and ninth places, you can play, you can all play these, a lot of great pool and end up with two thousand dollars. That's all I've seen. So I don't want to minimize what those guys have done because it's look at not all easy. the
0: European players that are over twenty-five, thirty thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars. Well, that's yeah. So I get it. They're, and they're all playing the same events everybody else does. They're all finishing up there in the in the money.
2: Well, there's so no question. It, could be, well, it can look be look done if you're playing when you look at a guy that's like a 750 fargo or something that's out there fighting hard it's like yeah they're obviously there's a reason that they're not 800 or 830 but it's it's easy when we start talking about pool players if if we're talking about if we're looking at filler and fedor and all these top dominant european players if that's the standard we use to look at everybody else everybody's going to look bad and uh yeah it's uh but but i mean there's just a lot of phenomenal pool players that'll never never get to that level that that are still out working hard, playing hard. And, you know, yeah, It's, it's my point is is that there's a lot of good pool play that just doesn't add up to tens of thousands of dollars. That's all.
1: So uh, we're all three going to be on site. Uh, Demetrius, you hate the Moscone Cup to begin with, although it sounds like you're getting at least more apt to
2: talk about it, which is fun. I, I've, it's. There's some it, – It, I don't mind it. Uh, it's never going to be my favorite, but uh, I appreciate it for what it is. A TV show. That's what it yeah. is. Um, you might be
1: on it next year. Who knows? There's no reason you can't. Okay. Anyways. Um, so I guess Mike, you're going to be on site with me. Uh, what are you going to be looking for as the event goes through and gets deeper in? What are you looking for?
0: U S open or Moscone? The U S open. U S open. I'm just looking to see, uh, what European players, uh, you know, make that push, whether Mario can make a push, Kazakis can make a push to try to hit that point spot. Um, you know, if you're an American fan, your, your, your perfect case scenario is Albin going out quickly and Mario finishing second and Francisco finishing somewhere in the top eight because that would put them both into the points and it would force Lely to pick two between Shaw, Albin, and fetter And you'd have two rookies on the team, right? So if you're an American fan, that's what you're rooting for. (laughs) If you're an American fan rooting, you know, what I'm looking for uh, at the U S open out of, out of the U S players is I want to see with all these guys looking over their shoulders, which ones can hold up under pressure and put three or four good matches together. I'd be really impressed to see someone do that. Um, And then, then to me, that would be making a statement. Sure. I think, uh, Man,
1: that would be an interesting situation, wouldn't it? <laughs> having to pick two out of three. I mean, at that point in time, that's the situation where you don't pick Federer, I guess. Is when you. Have oh yeah, there's
0: kids. no. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt in that case. Federer gets left off. But you know, as an American fan, having two rookies on Team Europe coming to Las Vegas, you know, your team's chances just get a lot better, regardless of how good Mario and Francisco are, or Kazakis or whoever would, you know make that kind of huge jump uh so um you know it's that's that's what i'm rooting for
1: yep I guess we're all three going to be on site, but Demetrius, I sus—I suspect you're just going to be focused on complying.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty boring. Although I am, I am going to be, uh, there's a lot of people I'm starting to, you know, I know some of my former students are going to be out there and uh, some guys that I haven't met yet that I look forward to meeting. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, hopefully catching up with a couple of people in between matches, but my, or, or after, after I'm eliminated, but uh, what I'm, uh, what I'm most interested in at this U S open is really, um, i am looking forward to seeing who you know what the evolution is as far as the breaking technique and the breaking success um i was um i actually i was really prepared for this 30 second shot clock i've been having my daughter you know i don't know if i mentioned that last week but i was playing all these sets where she was timing 30 seconds and shouting 10 seconds at me and then uh i found out that they're not doing the time clock until you get down to the final <laughs> so anyway so um i don't know man i'm not used to playing on brand new cloth you know it's it's always a little adjustment so i'm just What's on my mind? It's really just I know who I'm playing. It's going to be a super tough match. Um, I know that I know for me, uh, I've got history and, and and pressures that I've got to prepare for and, and play. I've got to prepare for, and the biggest thing is that break. I can play with the nine ball on the spot and break for the box on, my, on a tight box on my table, but with polished balls and new cloth, it's going to play completely different. And I so for me, I'm not panicked about it, but I I definitely have a sense of urgency to quickly adjust to the breaking conditions and try to be somewhat effective because that's gonna be uh, critical for me to have chances to, to, to get anywhere. And so I'm, uh, I guess I'm just kind of going through my pre-tournament checklist and trying to get ready because it's starting.
1: You say you have, uh, you know your opponent and you have history. Is there something you want to talk about? What well, yeah, what I
2: got no, no shame. It just, <laughs> just puts you in a funny spot. So I, I'm playing Matt Craw, who's, a, you know, he's he's a top Northeast tournament player. Yeah. Um, I have tons of respect for the guy. No bad blood, nothing like that. We've all like we've played two matches in the past. And what happened was we played once in Rhode Island like 10 years ago during a seminal event back when that was a thing. And I played it just was one of those sets. I played a great set and ended up beating him eight to one. And then I played him like a year, year and a half ago at some tournament in Virginia. And it was to get into the money. uh, And uh, I was raced to nine. And I just possibly played the best set of my life and beat him 9-0. And it was one. So now it's like, so so it's like you do that. And now I'm going to be playing him again. It's like maybe the two best sets of pool I've ever played ever were against the guy. And now it's like, okay, and I got to play him again first round. I know. That he's gonna be like kind of tired of me and ready to like hit me with his knockout punch. So like I'm expecting him to play like the best set of pool I've ever seen. And so and it's it's a hard one to follow when you you know what I mean. When you have a couple of matches like that, it's a, it's like well how do you, you now you got to do it again. And, it, and anyway, it just creates a funny dynamic where I know he's gonna be coming for me. He's a hell of a player and uh, he's gonna be. Sounds to
0: get like sounds like he could play 80% and win nine to six. What's that? <laughs> Sounds oh, like you can play eighty percent and win nine yeah, to six. Well,
2: I, and so, that, but then the hell of it is, and then of course, if I get by, if I happen to get by, Matt, which I'm not at all saying that's going to happen. But if I were to win that match, then it looks like I play the winner of someone in Ko Yi. So then it's like yeah. assuming I can handle the pressure, play my best game, overcome Matt. Then it's like it's it's hard to have a. It's hard that it's it's really hard when you're a player that's that's not at the top level. To, to formulate any kind of like there's it's hard to have a winning game plan <laughs> you know what i mean it's hard to have a winning game plan when you just see this army of like all you know just elite yes. players well, so serious. then you just gotta, i understand you gotta you gotta let it go of course you're just gonna yeah. go out there have fun play your best game do what you practice and then the chips fall where they fall and if you don't get far that's because other people have put in more and developed further than you but it's this is all my point is if i get anxious bef- like i get nervous before the tournaments and i work through my nerves a week ahead of time. And then I go out and see what happens. So,
1: so I think, I think I know your I think I know your plan, but I think you're a little late to start it. What you <laughs> needed to do was grow out your beard to here. And then right when you're about to play coping, you, you tag in, uh, uh, Al Yosef to, uh, to, to yeah, play yeah. for you. And exactly. says, you, you, you guys say. look exactly alike. <laughs> if you'd have your beard down to here and then, you know, you got a real swing at it, you know, you just let him play for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah
2: and so and then okay so then, <laughs> not you know, this this, comment, this type of stuff with there's a comment kind of that's basically kind of like just play your game play the table what's the problem like i i disagree uh i think that that's you know there's there's a quote there is no difference between theory and practice in theory but there isn't practice and the idea of just like when people tell me just go play the table oh just go play the table they put their pants on one leg at a time just go play the table don't let it bother you. It's like, yeah, that just tells me that that person is—it's—that's not—that's not like Neil Spingan has this whole mental course on on mental preparation and stuff. And it's not a five minute just put the table and don't let it bother you. That's not—that's not, that's not it. I mean, anyway, I'm sorry, I disagree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah, if the game was, it, Fedor's made like two hundred thousand dollars this year uh, on people who say. Just play the table. So that's
2: right. I think I think just play the table is about the equivalent of So when little Chris, you know, of course Moscone's advice was don't miss. Like it's it's humorous, right? When people say don't miss, it's a joke because it's like, yeah, if only it was that easy. But somehow when people say just play the table, they actually mean it. And so I, I disagree. I, I think that the mental game, there's a reason why.
0: Anyway, and the mental game, the mental game is something that takes time to learn because each time you play, you gain experience from that that you add to your mental game arsenal, right? I mean, Niels came up with this whole mental course not on the second year that he was playing pool, on the 30th year he was playing pool, right? So it is, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot more pressure on you putting on yourself, I'm sure, because you're just not out there with these guys as often, so you don't have all those experiences and the ups and downs and the mental approach and how do you change for the next time? It could be six months later; you've forgot what the hell happened the first time before. So, um, it's yeah, um, yeah it's it, it's great experience. It's got to be a lot of fun for you. You got to be looking forward to it, um, anxious That's to see how you do.
2: That's right. That's exactly what happened at Turning Stone. Is I hadn't played for six months, and what? So basically, how I look at it is. If you if you hadn't played one pocket for a year and then you played a one pocket tournament, it would be a little bit weird. Like, you've, you know, there's certain things where it's like after playing a bad set or two and you're selling out some banks and you're not really used to being in this spot and you're not comfortable hitting certain shots. You might play a little patchy. Or if, for me, if I go and play in a really, really, really tight table, like a super shimmed up nine foot with like trapped out pockets my first couple hours playing on that sucker might be a little rough. And then once I put in a rough session or two and I kind of get used to it so that every shot doesn't psych me out and I'm kind of budgeted for the right level of adversity on every shot, you kind of acclimate a little bit. And so I think pressure is no different. When you're playing under a lot of pressure against top players, when you're playing in your basement and training, you don't face the same types of challenges that you don't have the same thought about, you know, man, if I win this game, I have a shot to beat so-and-so or if I miss this game, he's never going to let me get back to the table or man, I'm down. If I don't, I'm down five, one, if I don't win from here, I might not get another chance. Like you're not going to be thinking those same thoughts when you're in your basement. So when you go play in a tournament, you're going to be dealing with adversity that you're not used to overcoming. And so when, when people are competing a lot to Mike's point, you're used to those situations and you're seeing those situations a lot. And so when you start having those thoughts, you're like, yeah, yeah, that thought again, I know what to do here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember last time I let that thought derail me. You know what? Let's just do it right this time. It'll feel better. And, and little by little you have strategies. So you know what adversity you're going to meet mentally and you have plans on how you're going to respond to that. But when you haven't been facing it and you don't have a response for it, um, I, I look at it like, I guess there's in, in summary, there's two ways of handling mental game. Some people just say, Mental game, mental game. I'm just going to go hit balls and I'm fine. It doesn't it doesn't exist. And for me, I'm like, no, it's part of the adversity of the game. And I recognize that it's there. I know what I'm up against. Uh, I've done it before. And it's not easy. But I, that's that's why I love to play is because I like to challenge myself. And I'm looking forward yeah. to facing mental challenges as well as the physical challenges and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Sure. yeah. It'll be fun.
2: It'll be fun.
1: Okay. Well, I'll be looking forward to watching you play some. You want to say something?
0: Mike? No, I'm he was talking about his draw picking Matt, and then he played Copini. I do want to point out how excited I am to see round four potential of Federer playing um, Josh. They would be sure. round four on the winter side. That would be that that that's a that would be something to watch. It'll probably be won't be on a stream table, but it'll be you know we'll get we'll get the live scoring <laughs> uh
1: is that is that true because that would be the last 32 so when when are they doing well, they the one
0: the winner of that i think would get to because they're pulling 16 you have to get to the final 16 on the winner side right and then the other final 16 comes from the loser side isn't the that finals.
1: right i well yeah they're, they're there's doing single the single
0: nation's final 32 right
1: yeah, so right. so, so be, you get the
0: sixteen on the winner side, sixteen on the loser side, and then redraw. So the winner of that match, I believe, the fourth round match would get to that sixteen on the winner side.
1: Well, I'm looking at the fourth round in. So the initial round, and then the winners one, winners qualification, and then the last sixty-four. Um, so the fourth match. So you're saying the last sixty-four match. Yeah. Okay. To to get into the final thirty-two. Okay. Sure. Why not? It'd be fun. Yeah, there's I mean there's there's going to be a I mean there's a ton of really early on rounds that you know some people got some good draws, some people got some really bad draws. Um
0: there's some good know, second and third round matches for sure.
1: Some really good. Yeah, some really good second round matches. Um I mean when you when you have a field like this of 256 players, there's there's some dead money in there. Um of course, you know there's Oh yeah.
0: Two hundred fifty players. There's a little bit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't want to like the whole first pick round. On, well, yeah. I don't want to pick on the guy that. Um. I don't want to pick on the guy that played. uh Was it Judd last year? Was it Shane? Um. They did a whole piece on him from a, just a local from the area. The guy area. Who played plays Judd. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he plays okay. He plays fine. He's. He's a good. Is it, he's a good.
0: seven, right, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting yeah. high rolled by the chat. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, someone needs to start their own podcast. That's why. That's fair.
1: Uh, that's yeah, fair. I mean, I you could I don't know maybe when you're out on the road you can set up a challenge match. You guys can you can play a big set. Yeah, man, I played. I, you know, I'm willing to donate, man. I like getting better. Yeah, I mean that, <laughs> that could end up working out. You know, set it up. Find out. You know, let us know where you're at if you want to play a big set when Demetrius is around. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll you know reluctantly adhere to it so all right uh yeah let's uh next week i'm not sure when we're gonna do it next week we should probably do it maybe on sunday night or maybe monday morning or something like that for the a podcast if we're gonna do one
0: i'm gonna be atlantic city sunday so i'll be there sunday afternoon and monday monday i'm gonna be buried but
1: yeah so maybe we can do it on sunday night we could sit down and just you know chat about things um not exactly sure when when we'll be able to um I know I got to set some stuff up for uh, the booth that I'll be working at, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure out a time that works next week. Um, What booth are
0: you working at at the open?
1: The onboard onboard one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Am I playing the U S open as of right now? I'm not planning on because I'm working at the booth. So that one. So if you, if you're there, swing by the onboard booth, you'll see me bring booze. Ideally. Um, in the form of beer uh i do take bribes beer bribes so go ahead bring them um i guess that's that's i guess we can mention that uh, oscar uh lost to john moore again i i mean it's had a huge surprise i mean john moore is playing probably the best pool of his well, life he right
0: drilled now him. man what it was, was like the score to 12, it was like 25 to 12 or something wasn't yeah. it it was bad
1: I, yeah i mean it was bad given the race to twenty-five, but how many times have we seen you know in a race to a hundred that somebody's up twenty-five to twelve and by the end it's you know nip and tuck? I mean it's that, that, that's a I mean that's a big swing don't get me wrong it's a big swing. But. I don't know
0: all I'm saying is this is a guy that I'm counting on in a race to five. So
2: <laughs> yeah you know what I think though I, I think that a player uh, a lot of players the way that they handle pressure is by putting themselves in spots where they where they, you know, get be I know this is weird, but a lot of players like to book a loss before a big event because it's almost like they want to face their fears you know, so I'm not saying Oscar was trying to lose. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying he booked a really, really tough set. He knows John Mora is playing full time. He knows he's going to be up against it, but he wanted to be tested that way, and I'm sure that he struggled to perform, and I'm sure that part of it was just John Mora played great on him, and part of it was he he wasn't ready to fight back against that. But I'm guessing that the timing of that, this is what I'm saying, I'm not saying he was trying to lose, but the timing of it was he wanted to play that match before the US Open, and then after getting, you know, a little shaky and underperforming and getting beat pretty bad, i think he's gonna yeah. like kind of use that to dust himself off and come in like okay now you know what i mean i think that that was part of this he
0: mostly plays to to earn money so yeah. i don't think that he was happy losing at all so no but, but I, I just I, it's I, not a
2: coincidence I, I, that he played it before the u.s open rather than after that's all I'm saying. yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I agree with that too uh, oscar's never afraid to get into the box and play right anybody i mean every time every time that oscar goes into the ring you can Pretty, I mean, short of Johnny, you can pretty easily say he's going to be the underdog. You know, when he played Omar Al Shaheen, he played, uh, you know, John Moore a couple of times. I mean, most of the time when he gets into the ring, he's he's pretty much the underdog, and he's okay with that. So, you know, takes some heart to do that. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's that's kind mm-hmm. of it. Do you have anything
2: else that you guys want to uh, discuss? All good. Okay. No, no. It's uh, well, it's thanks for everybody for tuning in. I had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. Uh, we'll uh talk to you again soon.
0: Yeah, hit them okay. straight.
2: I gonna yeah, go prepare, practice it. preparation, and uh, present and pre and just, I'll, I'll do just all play that.
0: Play the table, demi Just that's play good. The table. Thanks,
2: man.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one last little, uh, one last little push for these uh, the jerseys that I'm doing for the Moscone Cup. Yeah, do it on a, a two-week pre-order. Uh, I made up these for our queued up Moscone Cup group. So, uh, we are going to be wearing these in the crowd at the Moscone Cup. Uh, if you are going to be at the Moscone Cup or if you just really like the way that they look and want to order yourself one, we are going to be doing a pre order of these for about two weeks. Um, you'll have them about two weeks before the event if you are going. So, get yourself one of these if you want. These are the jackets, these are the t shirts. And these are the jerseys. These are all made up by Onboard Sportswear. Uh, The prices are, the jackets are $70. The jerseys are $60. And the t-shirts are $50. So if you would like to get any of those, here is the link. I will put it in the comments. Uh, Here it is. Just click this link. Fill out the form for what you want. I will send you over an invoice when that is all done. And you can get yourself a sweet Queue it up, uh, Moscone Cup jersey, jacket, or T-shirt that we'll be wearing in the crowd. And if you just want to have it because you think they look awesome, you don't have to go to the Moscone Cup to get them. You can get yourself one anyways. So uh, check those out if you'd like. Uh, The link is in the description. And I guess uh, because Ryan asked, where I'm also doing uh, a raffle right now. I'm leaving for the Sandcastle Open tomorrow morning. I'm trying to fill up a raffle right now for a limited edition P3 right here. So if you like the look of this queue, you want to try to win it, uh, head over to the queue it up network page or my personal page, Nate Mindum. and uh you can check out all the ways to get involved with that raffle. Uh just trying to get it filled for tomorrow so that I don't have to worry about it on the road. Yay. So click all right, the other link, than that.
0: Click the link and look like you belong.
1: Yeah. Let's go, kids. Yep, that's it. The five Ps, something like that. All right. That's right. With that, I will see everybody next week. Uh on site from the us open um i guess we'll all three be there so maybe we can all sit down maybe demetrius you just want to focus but uh we'll see yeah once
2: i'm I'm out i'm sure we can do like a second half the week kind of update (laughs) or whatever yeah 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 that sounds good
1: sure all right sounds good uh then thanks everybody for tuning in we'll see you next week see ya
2: all right take care boys.